what's going on? Greetings and good day. Welcome to the first post-trade deadline edition of Birds All Day. Uh, the white flag, it waves. I mean, it waves ever so slightly, but it's you can see it over the horizon. There's smoke behind it. When where there's smoke, there is a white flag waving. Post-trade deadline giveaway fire, I guess. Uh, my name is Drew Fairservice. We are talking about your Toronto Blue Jays, who... Indeed ran the white flag up the flagpole. Indeed uh, set some smoke signals out saying that they were open for business. And uh, in being open for business, they you know, they made some trades. Your Toronto Blue Jays made some trades. We're going to talk about the trades they did make, the trades they did not, in fact, make, as well as, uh, you know, what's, what's to come in the, next, um, in the next few weeks. And joining me, joining me to talk about all those things and so much more, uh, as always, uh, old reliable, old reliable, Mister Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I've never seen me uh, working at a game in the dugout or in the clubhouse. That's for sure. Which is to say that you are a no account bum. That's exactly and, what it's uh, to say. Yeah, and your opinions are worthless if you haven't. Um, it, I, it's interesting <laughs> sitting in the dugout. I think is the key term because that's literally all those guys do from the moment the clubhouse opens until the moment they start serving food in the they start <laughs> serving food upstairs is they sit in the clubhouse and they try to stay out of the sun you know i, I heard and they, and they grab ass i i heard that they the fucking cheap jays uh don't even turn the soda machine on in the press box until like right before they allow the, the reporters in there unbelievable can you believe the gall the gall of of the team, I don't know. I never ate in the press box. They you have to like it's expensive. Never mark. I oh, you just did. eat popcorn. They make those guys. Mm-hmm. Pay, they make them pay for that shit. You no, know, you got to pay. You got to pay for any of the food that you eat. Huh. So you could. I think there might be like a pass thing. I don't know. I I never bothered with it. I'm starting to feel but think that this beat reporter job isn't quite as glamorous as I thought. Oh well, you know, sitting literally sitting in the clubhouse stealing gum. Stealing big pieces of double of, of like of gum and the odd bottle of water, talking with the media relations people and whoever else is hanging around. This is just like a forty people hanging around in the clubhouse at any given time between four o'clock and six o'clock. That's what they do. And then they uh, they wait for they go into John Gibbons' office. Mm-hmm. John uh, Gibby does Gibby. Yeah, we like to call him Gibby. John Gibbons, the manager. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's the manager, John Gibbons, and then he does his thing where he cracks wise. He makes fun of um, what's that guy that used to work for the Globe and Mail? He probably still does. Looks like the Penguin. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Larry, Larry Milson. Oh yeah, Larry Milson has been. He's been around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He gets chopped up by John Gibbons really? generally. Really, as a rule. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Larry's done, he's done and, like Baseball America stuff. I've seen I've seen Larry uh, around. I think he's you know one of the guys who got packaged or something like that, and is still still floats around. But in any event, uh, all those guys are there, and Stoughton, you've never been there once, not a one, even though you have been there. I have before, yeah, on the field before the game. Uh, it's spring training. Yeah. It's spring training in the pl- in the press box. Yeah, you know what? I, that's where the that's where the real hardcores go. I've very rarely done it in, at, at Rogers Center. I did it in Montreal in spring training, because you know what? Who cares? It's no fun. I want to get shit faced at the game. It's like an office. It's like you know, I I respect that people are doing their work there. It's not a mm. it's not an appropriate place for me to be. I always I liked going there because it would meant that I got to go and watch the game. Right. Which uh, as the as a father of two young children that those opportunities did not did not come or do not come that often so i'd be like oh i gotta go and work i gotta go work at the game and though i would watch and enjoy watch when the giants come to town and then the jays beat them by like 15 runs or something one time yeah delightful. like a sucker i i pay my own fucking money for those tickets though not next year not after those what... dramatic increases <laughs> Do you remember when Parks showed up in full Giants gear, like head to toe, at the, <laughs> when the Giants played in Toronto? <laughs> Ticket increases. What's up with that? Uh, so we'll talk about all the other stuff, but real quick, let's. Uh, you did write a piece about the ticket increases, kind of looking at how the prices have marched 
onward with the cruel beat of capitalism uh-huh. thudding in all of our ears. Uh, and what did you find? Yeah, they've gone up a lot. The ones in the 500s, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's ridiculous. I think it was like 110% since 2014. Like a ticket that was $635 is now uh, over 1200 You know, it's uh, over 1300 It's like, it's gone up quite a bit. For the I mean, 500s? Yeah. See this? I'm bad. I'm like a typical idiot in that I don't. I have a, a detached relationship with the economics of uh, and the fiduciary responsibilities of my household. So my wife one day like bought tickets as a on a whim, and then we went. I went to watch the Astros. We were sitting way up there in the 500s, and then afterwards she mentioned how much the tickets cost, and I was aghast at how much a single 500 on a weekend like premium game was. I'm like, man, those tickets used to be nine dollars. Yep. I used to pay nine dollars regularly to go sit at the five hundreds. Well, Ain't nobody doing that anymore. We've uh, there's a bit of, there's been a bit of a market correction. Yeah, I think is what is is how the the corporate fucking standing desk fellas down at uh, the front office would say it's you know, uh, it is it's uh, it's a pretty fucking wealthy market and and as uh, as much of a fuck you as it is to the loyal long term fans who have you know been been used to coming out and supporting this product and have actually supported it through the lean years. Uh, I don't know. Just look at a, look around, like stand at the Rogers center and look around at all the fucking people who can afford to toss 1200 bucks for a bunch of tickets that they're going to make a bunch of money back on anyway with the, on the secondary market. And you know, uh, it's, they're charging what the market will bear. I, that, that's the, I hate saying it that way because people are like, understandably upset about how those the march of uh of the prices upward has gone over the last few years but it is what it is it is indeed what it is but then you know as as we've been conditioned to think you know you, know, you got to put a winner on the on the field somehow and uh <clears throat> when the salaries go up that's when the prices of the tickets go up those things are directly related right aren't they oh yeah probably no, no, I, mean, I don't think that no, they are. They're not. Although, I, are... I, I will give, you know, credit where it's due. I mean, the Jays are running a ridiculous payroll this year. I mean, they're, they're, they're at over like $163 million right now, which is, you know, if you had told us that three, four years ago, that would have seemed completely insane. I mean, so much of it is fucking dead money to Tulo and, and Bautista, but, uh, but still, nonetheless, uh, it is a pretty impressive number. Uh, even though, you know, it's relative to everybody's payroll going up, unless you're fucking the Oakland A's. Who um, should be contracted? <laughs> uh, no, no, that's not true. Well, did you they see... They should just be sold. You talk, we talked about the A's last week, I think, or maybe the week before, and mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned Ken Arneson. He had a piece today, I don't know if you saw that, talking about the CBA and the way that their revenue-sharing money is going away, uh, which he posits, and I think it's a is a... A good theory as to why the the they would make a trade like the Sunny Gray trade now, and why it's maybe not the same as the franchise destroying trade that brought Josh Donaldson to the Blue Jays. The uh, uh, the new CBA is not kind to the Oakland A's in terms uh, of giving is... in terms of giving them free money that they feel like they have some sort of odd obligation to spend on the Billy Butlers of the world. <laughs> I haven't read. I favorited it. I haven't read it yet. I, it's interesting you said it. Just not long before we came um, uh, on line here to record, I I did in fact see that, and I favorited it on uh, Twitter. I liked it. Whatever. I gave it a heart so that I might read it at another at another time. Um, so potentially never, but maybe also it's in there. The favorites, my little favorites file. So you, uh, you, do, you that's interesting. You, you favorite things that you're gonna ever go back and look at. A favorite, I try to use it as like a look at later thing. Oh, I just favorite everything. I've favorite everything that's ever been tweeted. Sometimes I go back and retake my tweets away, or and, my favorites oh. back. Well, and now, they're, now they show up in people's feed. It's like, oh, Stoughton liked this. It's like, oh, right, now they all know I'm a communist or some shit. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's, I don't know. But, but what am I going to do? Stop favoriting everything? It's a horrible stop using, habit to, to break. Oh, stop using the platform that's so afraid <laughs> of having the stock diminish even further that they won't ban the literal Nazis that pollute it every single day. Yeah. Um, that's just not going to happen. I need those favorites to live. Without them, I am a <laughs> shell of a man. 
Um, Torch of the Whiskey, you mentioned in uh, pre this the latest diatribe of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, Torch of the Whiskey probably is not going to play again this year. Uh, I think that is that fair to say from uh, I, that seems like all it. reports. Yeah, it, it's funny because. Um, We've talked so much about Tulo and to, so much about the way that he gets hurt and how his track record of injuries. Um, sometimes they, oh, it's a freakish injury. You know, the thing with the shoulder, right? He smashed his shoulder up that one time. Uh, and that that collision with Pilar in center field, it looked innocent enough. But then it's, oh, yeah, he's got a fracture in his shoulder blade or whatever. So sometimes you're like, man, some guys just they don't they got they don't have any luck, right? These, their bodies just kind of break down. Though this one, uh, I am having a hard time with this ankle injury because he just like straight up missed the base. He did in a his mad bit. pursuit of a first base. He just whiffed on the base I'm... and tore up his ankle. <laughs> oh my god! Was... And now, well, who was the, now the Ryan fir- Goins, the what? first baseman? Whoever I forget who the first baseman was was searching for the bag with his foot a little bit. Mm. Kind of only gave Tulo half the bag, which Tulo missed. Yeah. Um, this whole Troy Tulitsky thing is going to get worse before it gets better, isn't it? Oh yeah, unless there's unless there's insurance money involved, unless fucking Jeff Galuli comes around. If you'd like a dated reference, uh, that is it, indeed that <laughs> to, an, <laughs> to intentional maiming. Um, yeah, no, it's not. It's not looking good. I mean. Well, you can, before this, I could have maybe convinced myself, you know, he can have a better, he was having a down year, uh, you know, you, you talk, you think about bouncing back, you think about, you know, what, look at, look at the, uh, the exit velocities and stuff like that, but, I mean, I don't know why this would be the point more than any other injury should have been the point, but we are getting to the point where you're like, uh, how just how much farther back can he bounce is the thing uh, mm. like it, there's just been such an accumulation of injury over the years it's unfair to really think that it's going to get better it is un- i think unfair is 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 <clears throat> an accurate way you know at some point the we the fans or the people who occupy that odd little space between uh, or the people that cover the team specifically have to be more realistic about the expectations around, you know, the oft injured 34 year old, short, however old he is, 33, 34 shortstop, um, uh, which is too bad because it, it's so difficult to get past the paycheck and the name and the legacy and the body of work. Um, but I think in, in, in a lot of ways, you know, the Rockies. The Rockies made a good trade here, I think, is um, and the Blue Jays did too, right? It's yeah. I mean, this is the, we're we're into the flags, fl- <laughs> the forever part of the flags fly forever. Yeah, yeah. I think they, I mean, I mean, I think you can't just look at it like it was too low for for Reyes and Hoffman or nothing. You know, the Jays maybe mm-hmm. maybe could have. I wrote something about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, they could have pissed on that money to Reyes. And maybe traded Jeff Hoffman for something that would have been a little bit better. Uh, and then they would have been freed of all that, you know, that $20 million a year burden uh, at the end of this year. But uh, I, I don't begrudge anybody for, I don't you know, the organization for doing it. It's fucking Tulo. I mean, we're still, we're still holding out hope at, at this point. Even as, you know, uh, uh, Ross Atkins was on the radio this week talking about it. And he's like, yeah, you know... I, uh, we can maybe have a, a year like he had last year. It's okay. He was like, you know, league average hitter, pretty good defense. I think he was like two and a half wins, two and a half to three wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that would be great. That's like the bar is for Tulo for what he was. I mean, that's such a low bar. Uh, if he could come back and do that, that would be absolutely fantastic. But I mean, he's been replacement level this year. The defense hasn't looked good, and it's a Smaller sample of, uh, you know, UZR. The eye test, he didn't look as great. But I, I don't think that he's necessarily finished at a, as a shortstop. But, you know, Jesus, you add an ankle injury to the hip injury to the, you know, all the hamstring things, all the things, you know. Uh, you can only lose so many half steps before you, you've you lost five or six steps. It's true. And, and I think the last word on it for now will, will need to 
you know, uh, I like to hide behind the flags fly forever. But the Blue Jays do not make the playoffs in 2016 without Troy Tulowitzki as their shortstop. With, uh, or if, without making that trade. If it's Jose Reyes, um, obviously the off-field, you know, the crimes that he, that he committed or however you want to look at it. Mm. Um, <clears throat> that notwithstanding, if, if Reyes is the guy the Jays are trying to run out there every day, or Ryan Goins, uh, or whatever other versions of, that, of shortstops they're trying to fuck with, they're not making the playoffs in 2016. 2015, maybe so. 2015 might have been... Uh, it, well, I mean, obviously, he was hurt for a lot of well, ways down the stretch and stuff, but no way they make the playoffs last year without Tulo in the mix. So, good deal. I'm happy. And uh, the other thing I'll say is looking at his um, inside edge fielding numbers, they don't look, they do not look dissimilar in a smaller sample to the year before. 20, uh, Troy Tulowitzki, 2017. Same percentage of impossible plays made, zero. Same percentage of remote plays made, zero. Uh, he made 25% of the unlikely plays, which is actually an improvement on both 2016 and 2015. But again, these are tiny samples. Um, uh, he made 50% of the even uh, odd plays. Uh, again, tiny sample. And he made 83% of the likely plays. And then 96.6% of the routine plays, which is a l- down a little bit. So I don't think that... I, I think that there's plenty of reason to think that his, his defense is still fine. But there's also plenty of reasons, as you said, all those half steps are going to start to add up. Now, half steps. The Blue Jays, I don't know that... I think the, I think a lot of the folks who maybe were pining for a uh, fire sale... Um, would feel as though not a half step, but maybe this trade line was a half measure as they dealt from positions of uh, uh, of depth in a way, uh, or they dealt away potential free agents, guys who didn't have a lot left, guys who aren't making or breaking this year or next year. Uh, Francisco Liriano traded to the Houston Astros in exchange for uh, Teoscar Hernandez and uh, the contract of Nori Aoki. Um, I don't know. The Liriano thing never really worked uh, this year, as it as we hoped, as it looked like it was going to work in spring training and at times, and it, even his last start, he looked good. Um, but now he's gone. Now he's an Astro. He's an Astros reliever. Uh, to me, this is a smart deal. Do you take on that that uh, that that uh, Ioki deal and you get a player who could potentially be a guy, a fourth or third outfielder? Worth it. Oh yeah. Right. Oh fuck yeah, yeah. No, I think that was a, you know, those are the kinds of trades that the Jays should be making. We've said that when they acquired Liriano, they should use their financial muscle, uh, and you know, like we were talking about season tickets, uh, they they have money, uh, they should be able to do stuff like this, and and that seems to have been uh, a perfect example of it. Like uh, Hernandez is a guy who who looks like he could really be something. Uh, not maybe you know, I I saw reports where you know maybe he's a tweener, maybe he's you know. Uh, not quite good enough defensively to be center, in center field and maybe not quite good enough offensively to be in a corner, which, you know, that's a, still, that's a fine piece of depth and a fine uh, flyer to take on a guy when you're just getting, you're just giving up Francisco Liriano. Uh, and he's a guy that, you know, the Astros have a ton of, uh, of outfield depth, so it really seemed to make sense for both sides. Uh, <laughs> Houston, of course, uh, that was their big trade. Which they apparently were not super happy about, um, nor should they have been. Francisco Liriano has been dog shit a lot of this year, uh, <laughs> but uh, but I don't know. He looked great in the bullpen last year when when they the Jays used him that way. Um, he looked he, yeah spring training. That's the that was the weird thing, right? Like his season went so mm-hmm. sideways, but in the spring it was like holy shit, he's he's back with Russell Martin. He's gonna figure it out. It's fine. And then he threw that game to Saltalamacia in Tampa where. He couldn't get out of the first inning, and, and that's it. He was just a mess after that, almost. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, no complaints about that trade whatsoever. I mean, they they are collecting outfielders, which is uh, which is a thing to do when you're running Steve Pierce and Ezekiel Carrera and Jose Bautista out there, and also maybe when you're running Kevin Pillar out there. Maybe when you're running Kevin Pillar out there. Uh, I, 
I didn't understand Dallas Keuchel complaining about the team's lack of activity at the trade deadline. Like, have you looked at your team? It's fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. What do you want them to do? This, yeah, it's not Christ. It's not Casey Jansen and Bautista, you know, in in 2014 or whatever it was when they all got all upset about it. It's like no. It's like yeah, you you could have used reinforcements in this dog shit year. That's probably not going anywhere anyway. Uh, yeah, the Astros will be fine. Like, oh, sorry, Luke Gregerson's only been okay this year. Oh, he's only, oh sorry. You know, oh, Chris Davinsky, the, the monster reliever that you could barely touch. Yeah, or and Ken Giles. These guys are, are, are occasionally hittable. Like, fuck. But also, they, they, all, gonna... they almost traded for Britain, apparently, and the fucking Orioles and their stupid uh, uh, medical team did not like what they saw in some of the guys coming back, apparently. Forget They're, where the fuck what? I just read that. But, uh, well, yeah, the Orioles... Trash. Orioles, man. I oh, I wish I could understand the Orioles. I try, but then I think you think you do, and then they win. They make the play, win more games than anybody in the division for the, over the last five years. Anyway, it's a good deal for the Blue Jays. It's smart. It help. It it will definitely help. To uh, like you said, to to sort some things out. To have a guy who you need to take a look at. To have a guy who maybe profiles as an actual corner outfielder, not like the kind of sort of handful of of the Dwight Smiths and Anthony Alfords and Dalton Pompeys of the world who are like man maybe these guys could all play in the, in the corner when maybe the maybe the bats tend to profile more as as center field bats mm-hmm. um uh there's not there's not really a lot to complain about with this with this deal um and as I like the point that was made a few different times yourself you made it and uh some other folks made it as well which was the Blue Jays tr- turned Drew Hutchison into this laundry list of of, uh, of guys with option years and and guys that give the, the club something to work with. They don't none of them necessarily become a star or an everyday player, but they have they're just building in that depth that uh, is valuable. Yeah, and speaking of you know the not making the 2016 playoffs without Tulo, I don't know if they do without Liriano either. I mean, he was ridiculous down the stretch. Um, that and it was ridiculous. And in, the, yeah. and in the wild, wild card, card game, game, too, right? Too. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Francisco Liriano. I salute you with my left hand. Um, it never could, it never quite was what it, obviously, when, when he was at his best with A, the Twins, when he first came up and he was a monster. And then, of course, when he was with the uh, Pirates. But pitched really well a couple times and it really mattered. So hopefully, some of us remember him fondly and not just as the guy who brought. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, aka Jose Bautista 2.0. <laughs> one, and uh, one I think that's Justin Smoke now. Is Jose Bautista 2.0? Oh well, I, we should. I'm going to write his name down. Hold on, Justin J U S T. Justin Smoke's name is now on the on the list because we uh, we weren't going to talk about him, and now we are. Uh, the most anonymous trade. Uh, they Blue Jays traded Joe Smith. I had forgotten that they had traded him. Um, that's kind of um, if you if he's not contributing to a playoff team, having bringing in a guy you know on a flyer and having him turn into the having in a way the best years of some of the best years of his career, uh, that's always nice. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, what, like they, a, they pay they paid him three million bucks this year and end up getting. Uh, you know, there, there are. It seems like scouts are mixed on Tom Pannone or whatever, however you say his name, the pitcher that they got back from Cleveland, who's gonna mm-hmm. uh, Eastern League All Star. He's a guy who doesn't have wow stuff, but has, uh, but but you know, looks good otherwise in terms of you know deception and changing levels and and working with his uh, less than great stuff, which is obviously easier to do in the Eastern League than it is in the majors. But, uh, mm-hmm. but maybe a guy who you get something out of and a, a, a shortstop an athletic shortstop, uh, Samad Taylor, who's, you know, way far away, but a lottery ticket, lottery ticket. I mean, you would, you would pay $3 million for those players anyway. And you had, you know, you got a bunch of good use out of Joe Smith. And if things had broken differently, you would have, instead of them, had Joe Smith uh, as a key part of your bullpen for a stretch run. So it's uh, uh, makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think that's that's the template that and Liriano that it's a, the template for what we're going to see next year and probably the year after, where you know you're looking at next year. Hap's going to be a free agent uh, or a, a, an impending free agent. Donaldson. Uh, Steve Pierce, if he sticks around, you know, those are guys where, you know, when they're going into into the season as, hey, 
we think we can contend. We'll see how it goes instead of being, mm-hmm. we're marching to the damn World Series. Uh, they may get to the same point next year where they're like, hey, we'll, we'll raise the white flag. Uh, we'll flip these guys for what you know the most we can possibly get for them, and then we'll just have a, such a bigger pool of depth to, to pull from when we try to patch together a roster. I mean, it's something that this team hasn't really had for a long time. Uh, they were really kind of stars and scrubsy for a long time and, and mm-hmm. didn't think too much about who was in behind the, the you know, nine guys at the on the Major League roster, you know, their, every, their everyday players. And uh, obviously that's a philosophical change. It, we, it's yet to be determined whether it's one for the better, but it feels like it's, it's a smart thing to do. It feels like, you know, there's not a whole lot else they can do at this point. You know, I don't think... Uh, I don't think they have the pieces to fleece somebody for Josh Donaldson at this point or, or you know, make some of the big deals that they've made before. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's more of the same. Expect more of the same. It's weird. We haven't seen this front office operate for too long, but even, you know, in year one, seeing the Jay Happ deal, you know, going for mid-tier guys, short-term guys, uh, you're starting to get a read on how they're going to keep operating, I think, uh, at least for a little while until they really feel... Uh, you know, they have a, a true, true championship team uh, or mm. a team that's on the cusp of being being at that level. Hitting, I feel like hitting on deals like this is crucial to this to building a successful team. A, either in the short term where uh, we look back at, as you, as you mentioned, the Stars and Scrubsy Blue Jays where um, in maybe the early, you know, a decade ago when they had a, they had an amazing core and every for whatever reason things never just didn't break their way or you know later on where they were just always a few of these kind of lottery tickets they never seemed to work out and now you've got a, a an example of a smith where maybe last year uh you know again if he's someone who can like liriano right liriano was in, in his own way a lottery ticket and then he turned out to be a, a, a good bet who helped the team win ball games and compete in the playoffs and then Joe Smith is one where if we're good, then he, it helps. And if we're not, if you're the Blue Jays, you think, well, then you can trade him. And, I mean, the Yankees are good about doing that. You, you sign a guy in the offseason because you're the, you're the Yankees or, or whomever else, and you have the first right of refusal in, in a lot of ways for mm-hmm. high-quality veterans. And then you can either flip them for something, and then the next thing you know, you're building you're either building pieces that, of guys that can help you at the big league level down the road, or you're building pieces that you can turn around and you know trade for Josh Donaldson because you've got more and more prospect capital that, that's kicking around. So it, it's good to, it's good to see uh, a good outcome for everyone. And obviously uh, there are some stories about Joe Smith. I believe his, his, his mother has Parkinson's disease. And Huntington's lives, uh, disease. Yeah. Huntington's disease, excuse me. And and lives uh, local or close to Cleveland. So mm-hmm. good for him. Guy spent a lot of, a lot of time in that uh, on that team. So, it's kind of good all around. I mean, obviously, it'd be better if the Jays were were, were better. And they, again, he's he once he came back from the DL, he was kind of reinstalled as a seventh or eighth inning guy. Um, but the both the Jays bullpen again, it, it's it's pretty much fine. Uh, it's not going to be you know, obviously down the down the stretch as we are still kind of pulling for wins and not yeah. necessarily being like, oh, I got to don't worry about draft position because uh, I will never, I can't, I can't get there. I can't let myself worry about losing games to make the, the draft pick better just keep winning just win every game you can and see what what comes from that what's up fam you know buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated but there is a better and simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events, and with SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. And there's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person. Uh, You know, you can use this for concert tickets, you can use this to go to the Leafs game, the Raptors games, the Blue Jays games. Uh, You know, the Blue Jays season, maybe not going so great right now. Uh, But SeatGeek still has all sorts of events to offer. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. It saves you time and money, uh, allows you to search multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals, and to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And best of all, Birds All Day listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BIRDS today. That promo code BIRDS 
for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, which is to say that the 2017 season is over, in case there was ever any <laughs> doubt. Um, but yeah, it's not happening this year. There's still some more trades to make, probably, are there not? Yeah, you know, we got those uh, August trade waivers. We got to write about that. We were talking before we came on the air about uh, Griff wrote a piece about Bautista being on the on the waivers, which to Griff's I, I assume an editor has asked him to do um, mm-hmm. because by now. Hopefully, we all know about how the revocable waivers work and all that shit. So, mm-hmm. everybody, I, you know, already seeing it, already seeing Bautista, saw Justin Verlander last night. Oh, Verlander's on waivers. It's like, well, yeah, everybody. He's been, a, he's been every year, probably for the last for the last ten. Yeah. Every year, he's gone. He's gone out on revocable wa- waivers because there's no risk to the club uh, that that for that employs this that guy. No risk at all. See what's out there. What do you got for me? Okay, nothing. Um, yeah, I, I one interesting thing. Um, I believe that Ken Rosenthal. I, I saw him respond to a tweet, which is, uh, I think one of the one of the more notorious, or the one that Blue Jays fans are going to remember the most, of course, is the Alex Rios revocable waivers thing, mm-hmm. where Jays floated him out there. White Sox claimed him. Blue Jays called the bluff. Be like, cool, yours. Here you go. Take him. You pay that salary. Uh, we have another guy who's ready to play right field every day. His name is Jose Bautista. So we'll give him the job. You can have Rios. And it worked out okay for the White Sox. I believe they made the playoffs with, with Rios in the outfield um, uh, the one year. Um, but uh, given Jose Bautista's 10-5 and five rights, I think even he has the right to, to block a move like that as well. Yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, which is good. Good for him. I'm... Yes, because stay stay here, play out the string, and uh, just let us just let us know a couple weeks before the season ends that you're you're packing it in, and uh, we'll we'll go have a party and celebrate Jose Bautista. I'm all for that. I'm I'm ready for that. Um, I'm not. I'm also... Yeah, I'm not ready mm-hmm. for. I I tweeted this this week. I'm not ready for that press conference in May at the Trop next year where he's like, "All right, well, gave it a go, but obviously, this ain't working." Uh, it does not look pretty right now. No, with Jose Bautista, um, which is unfortunate. But he uh, he looks rough. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. He just doesn't look good. He looks really bad. He was late, and he hadn't had a hit for months at one point. I don't know. Yeah, no, he looks like a once great slugger in the latter latter stages of his career, right? I mean, this is what these guys end up looking like. I mean, he looks worse than fucking Frank Thomas did when the Jays released him that year, uh, which obviously is not is not the standard by which anyone should go because that was bullshit. Uh, but yeah, no, he looks like uh, he looks like this could be it. I mean, I I don't want to I don't want to say I don't believe that he could be better next year. But you look at the way that the numbers have declined and and the play has declined and the eye test has declined and you know may, maybe someone will have some money. Like, who's going to give him a big league contract even? I mean, somebody will probably offer him a little just to do it, and he'll probably do it. Uh, but I don't know. I'd love, you know, come on, replace Greg Zahn. Let's go. Start the start the media career. Oh, man, the hot takes. The oh, Bautista boy. will just be firing. Hello? Yeah. Oh, sorry, you cut out there. Oh, well, I'm here. Okay, sorry. Yeah, no, there'll be takes. There will be fire takes uh, from Bautista. But, I mean, I wonder about where, what, what is the, well, now, hold on. I was going to say, why would any of these guys do TV? Because they all made so much money in the big leagues that they don't need the money to do to the TV money. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, Alex Rodriguez made more money than literally anyone. And he happily does TV. I think that's also because Alex Rodriguez is amazing at it. Oh, fuck. Um, that's part of it, yeah. He's so good that it's fun to watch him, but, oh, uh, man, Bautista. So now it looks like I'm just kind of, I mean, it's early, but after uh, we spoke about this a little bit before, that Jose Bautista sees more uh, 
junk and fastball counts. It's like he's seeing even fewer fastballs now. It's just a steady diet of trash that is thrown his way. Uh, and it's just, he's just not uh, handling it that well at all. No, the strikeouts are way up, but mm-hmm. yeah. And then when he and when he does get the the fastball, it's just uh, it's just as bad. He, he, he he's he's <laughs> yeah. way behind it because he's sitting there expecting everything to be a slider. It's um, you you also wonder like what took him so long to figure it out? Like yeah, no, he destroys every fastball you throw. Maybe don't bother with it anymore. <laughs> but uh, you know, ten years later. But anyway, it's uh. That's a bit too depressing. I, I I think we need. I really need to move on from this. Uh, but the point is, he's not. He's not going to get traded. He's not going to go anywhere. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Is is anyone? Do you, can you foresee a situation in which any of these Blue Jay players are moved in August? Uh, <laughs> the one. Uh, I mean, Marco Estrada. If he has a few mm-hmm, mm-hmm. good starts, maybe he looks like. But also, if you look at how his starts line up, if they just go, you know, he goes every fifth day. It's like. He gets Houston, Boston, New York. Like it's it, it's a it's not an ideal stretch for him. Uh, I forget what mm-hmm. specifically the teams are, but I know Houston is is the first one. And you know he pitched that nice start against uh, the White Sox or whoever the fuck it was. Maybe it was against the A's. Doesn't fucking matter. Um, yeah, but he's a guy who could conceivably find some value and uh, like, re, you know recoup some value over a couple good starts and have a team look at him and be like okay it's clicking it's this is the guy who we thought he was for the last two years and uh everybody can use pitching obviously like literally no bats were traded basically at the deadline it's just everybody loading up on pitching so uh mm-hmm. obviously he's not going to be a reliever but uh, someone i'm sure could use him if he if he looks like he gives you know has a couple two three four good starts before the end of the month and you know so maybe but i don't know i i'm not putting a lot of stock in that happening future national once national future returning conquering hero marco estrada back to washington it's my bold prediction yeah, that was not going to come true yeah. uh uh the other thing another move that might be made in in, uh, in august we were told is the maybe is the potential the potential return of devin travis mm-hmm uh, that's exciting. People love Devin Travis because he's quite good. He is very good. Yes, he hits. He hits the baseball very well. It. It. Uh, I don't know if it would be a different year had he been around the whole time, but I mean, I mean, obviously they'd be a couple wins ahead at least by now. And uh, mm-hmm, he's. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's good. It would be very nice to see him stay healthy. Uh, you you uh, pivoted off of something that Ross Atkins mentioned, which is the potential of. Devin Travis moving to another position? Yeah, Atkins un- unprompted was like, you know, he, uh, or maybe one day he's in the outfield. I don't know. It could happen. Like, uh, And then kind of walked back around and, and pretended that didn't happen. Uh, because nobody asked him about moving Devin Travis to the outfield. He just, he just offered it up. Uh, which I, you know, I ran with and thought was a, an, an interesting idea. And an idea that makes sense given, you know, you kept hearing... D. Gordon or Jed Lowry as guys that the Jays were potentially interested in, uh, mm-hmm. in in acquiring at the deadline, especially you know a few weeks ago when it seemed like there was still the chance they'd be buyers. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, what I you know the piece that I wrote, the theory is, uh, I mean, you don't have you, you could move D. Gordon to left field too if you get a guy like that. That's fine, whatever. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. But it's that it's that if you add a second baseman and move a second baseman to the outfield, you're just better. It just works better for your overall depth picture, right? I mean, they have if if you're like, okay, Travis will be the left fielder, then if he does get hurt, then there are a bunch of guys back there. But if you have Travis with no safety net as your second baseman, uh, you're in for more Ryan Goins. And good lord, nobody should wish that on their worst enemy. Twenty eighteen, Blue Jays second baseman with the most plate appearances. Sorry, let me. That's kind of backwards. At the end of 2018, the Blue Jay who will have taken the most plate appearances or made the most starts at second base will be. Are you ready? Okay. You're not. You, you can make a guess if you want, but okay. you will be wrong. Okay. Uh, uh, the answer is Bo. Hmm? Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette. The answer is Bo Bichette. <laughs> Bo Bichette will will take more reps at second base than anybody else in 2018. Yeah. Fuck it. 
Yeah. He hits he hits everything. It's lovely. Everything. It's really he barrels it all. <laughs> uh where is he? Dunedin right now? Yeah, so he'll get his feet wet. Get his feet wet until service time o'clock gongs away and then up he comes. Fuck it. What I are mean, they gonna if he if he's do you think he starts at New Hampshire next year? I I mean I don't even I think this I How think could these he are not? cautious people. I think that you think they, they're cautious people. I do. You know what? You know what? You know what? Dev, uh, what Bo Bichette does with caution? He turns on it. <laughs> he turns on it if it's on the inside half, and he muscles it over the left field fence. If it's over the plate, he'll shoot it out to the right field gap. I'm all in. All in. You know why I'm all in? Because people have questions about him. They they're like, oh, I don't know. Uh, his leg kick is long. It's load exactly. Bring him up today. Wow. We are hu- we are hugging. No, not today. Bring him up in May of 2018 and be like, you, you can't play the shortstop. You're too thick. You are definitely Dante Bouchette's kid. So um, you're going to play second base. And then hopefully he will hobble around like Devin Travis within two years. Um, I think Devin Travis is probably the right answer to that. I'd love to see. I'd, I would love to see the move for a second baseman and, and move Travis to left field. I, I, I think Move Devin team. Travis to third base. They kind of have a third baseman for the time being. Do they? He's come back to life. Well, he got, nice he got rid of that weird flap, so obviously he's regained his power stroke. Stoughton, I'd like to buy your flap. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Gur- speaking... Guriel is another option for that little quiz, too, I think. No, that's true, uh, but none of them are accurate. Bo Bichette is the answer. Uh, you mentioned a, an utter and complete intellectually bankrupt moron. So let's talk <laughs> about Marcus Stroman a little okay. bit, who is not an intellectually intellectually uh, corrupt or intellectually deficit. He's not a moron. Marcus Stroman knows exactly what he's doing. Um, when he's running around with an enormous chip on his shoulder, uh, chirping with Tim Anderson and attracting negative attention for things that he's done that are probably dumb, but also not worth the outsized reaction and the kind of preloaded um, comment and commentary about his antics on the field. Uh, there, if you're an opposing player, you definitely hate Marcus Stroman. If you're an opposing fan, you 100% hate Marcus Stroman. Mm-hmm. Which makes it cool that he plays the Blue Jays because then you don't have to. That's great. He's terrific. The thing with Tim Anderson, there's a lot of blame to go around there. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's some blame to go around there. Whatever. I. I yeah. I don't know. It's, Stroman, in, Stroman in the end, does it was pretty... things, right? He does his he does his thing, and then Anderson gets all weird about it. Um, James and To said he he's not sure about his lip reading, but he thought that that Anderson was calling Stroman a pussy, which is why Stroman had his uh, reaction to it, and then also maybe perhaps was why he didn't want to answer the question about. You know what does it matter what he said if it's just talk? But that's that's all theorizing, and it just it was just as as if you don't get all the uh, the periphery stuff. And if it wasn't Strowman, I mean, it's just it was such a it was such a non incident as far as you know bench clearing incidents go. It was just yeah they jawed at each other and then they went back to playing baseball and it was fine. Let's back up real quick. Mm. Was it Rosie Demana who asked that question? What does it matter? Somebody suggested that it was. I mean, Rosie makes... I, I don't know what she sounds like, to be honest, but, I mean, Rosie probably would have been in that scrum. So, yeah, I think it it's, it stands to reason that it very well could have been Rosie, yeah. Whoever it was, bless them. Yeah. It, to be uh, to be honest, that that is a very good question. Yeah. And that he didn't answer it, of all the things, that's the one that puts that makes him look the goofiest. Yes, and that and also he had no comment to that, and that was what literally what he said. No comment. I, I also found I found strange, or maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't have found strange. I should have found completely unsurprising. Uh, a lot of all the sports net coverage was like talking about his earlier answers in that scrum. Oh, he said all this, and then I don't know. To me, that was yeah, that was the moment in that scrum that was actually interesting. And and you know when that video. Uh, surfaced and you saw how he responded to that that was this that to me was the story not him being like oh i don't know it made no sense uh not calling out sportsnet people too much except i guess i just did it seemed it seemed, <laughs> it seemed odd to me it struck me as odd that that was sort of bypassed in the uh in the coverage there 
Tim Anderson is not. It was not. Tim Anderson's having a really, really tough year on the field, uh, and the understanding is also that he's had a very difficult year off the field, having lost a very close friend of his, I believe, at the beginning of the year. So he's going to be frustrated, and if he sees Stroman doing Stroman things, as you said, sure he's going to react negatively to that. He's going to be staring out at the mound and not walking back to the dugout again. That's it's. In the grand scheme of things, the story here is the way that people reacted to a pretty minor blow-up or a pretty minor jaw session, uh, which is, there's just so much baggage. Why do all these guys have all this baggage about Strowman? I have a theory. <laughs> right. But I just don't get it. Like, why are they so mad? I'm, and, I'm, and I must say, I must say the particular mm-hmm. guy, the particular guy I believe you're referring to, um, that I wrote a piece about. Uh, I did, I did due diligence, uh, you know, because I am nothing if not a, a reporter and journalist. Uh, I did check. He did. He wrote. He wrote basically the same thing about Brett Laurie. Uh, I think in twenty thirteen, like he needs an attitude adjustment. I mean, so it's maybe not. He's just an old fucking crank. I don't know. I'm sure there was probably a Bautista one at some point too about the uh, about the umpires. I mean, that was that was such a huge thing for so long. Um. Yeah, I don't get it either. It wasn't just that idiot who writes idiotic shit all the time about magical batting helmets and things like that. It was to me it was Buck. That to me is really interesting. Mm-hmm. That Buck Martinez unguarded as he was with a what a microphone that he may or may not have recognized to have been hot. But uh, I, I mean, Buck's, Buck's comments were not, they were hardly scathing. No. And he didn't go to the asinine lengths of circular logic and, and kind of like self, like, are you, can you not see? But uh, just for him to, there was that, the tone of his voice was definitely one of annoyance. Uh, as though all that stuff hasn't been happening for as long as the game has been played. As if guys weren't jawing the pitcher from the dugout. Pitchers weren't jawing back in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 50s, whenever the fuck Buck played. I think he played all of the above. But uh, it's that stuff is as old as the game. It's just there's way more cameras now, and there's way more um, attention. And again, Stroman is a guy that plays that game, that plays the branding game, and he is so conscious of his of his image. He's putting it out there and with his bullshit Instagram half-greeting card captions. Uh, I don't know. I think I think you, the point you made is a good one. It's it's not a problem at, at any point right now. It's not a problem until he does like the, the Zach Greinke and he gets his collarbone broken by some enormous Carlos Quinton type and he misses a bunch of time. It's not going to happen like that. He is having the year that I think many of us hoped that he would be able to put together. He's having an amazing amazing season, and for that he deserves credit for taking the ball every day. He's turned out. Knee injury notwithstanding, be one of the most durable pitchers around, and he's uh, he's been crazy effective. So I wish that that these um, gumshoe reporters who are out there investigatively journalism journalisming their way through the maybe it'll be like what's made him so good this year. Maybe that's a story someone would like to read. You fucking clown. But no, <laughs> you you're done. I'm done now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here. Okay. Here. Here's where I shift out of being the responsible journalist i do it, it's it, the buck thing was interesting because i do remember a piece of gossip uh that i heard a while back uh somebody who was talking to buck who was like oh buck said a lot of interesting things and someone passed it along to me uh mm-hmm. but one of them was definitely the that uh buck thinks stroman is a punk who uh <laughs> i'm now reading it i shouldn't be doing this <laughs> who just wants money and fame and uh, should trade him for a quality outfielder. Now, let me let me be, make this clear. This is this is not firsthand, nor is it secondhand information. I don't know that Buck actually said that. I, I certainly don't know that he put it in those words. Uh, but when I when I definitely heard the comment, I was like, oh yeah, I seem to recall that Buck may not be a super super big fan of uh, of the whole Stroman thing, which you know. Yeah, when you're the guy who, like, embodies old school Blue Jays, getting your leg broke and still throwing a runner out kind of guy, maybe that makes sense. Even though Buck has, you know, doesn't have that sort of personality. Uh, I don't know. 
Uh, it does. I, 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 it rubs people the wrong way. I mean, I, I get I, that. I, I question. I, I think that's more about the person who is being rubbed the wrong way than the person doing the rubbing. But, you know, absolutely. Does. I, real quick, the idea that he only wants money and fame. His job is to play <laughs> baseball. That has been his sole life's mission since he was probably nine years old. What does anyone think that anybody else goes into the job of baseball player hoping to achieve? Well, I really hope that I can have a completely nondescript career. I don't want to be known or remembered. I hope I can only ever make the minimum. Oh, no, free agency. No, sir, that's not for me. I'd like to stay. I'd like to steer clear of that. Uh, I'm going to happily offer my services as an indentured servant to the, the, the benevolent owner who selects me in a draft like a fucking slab of beef. <laughs> yes, it is like an inherently egomaniacal job that these guys have been training their entire life to do. They go and they, they, they work out all winter long to make themselves better for what? So they want to be better. They want to win. They, ha- they have these visions. That's what they... That's part of the, t- the target. But getting paid and being famous is a delightful side effect of all of that. It's so stupid. It's so stupid to be critical of a guy. Be like, oh, he just wants to get paid. Yeah, he sure does. He does. He likes to make his money. As opposed to you, uh, if, if, if in fact this is a quote from you, which I don't know that it is, but like, oh, well, I'm, here, I'm here broadcasting for the love of the game. No, no, no paychecks for me. I'll happily trudge to Minnesota in the middle of September for fun. Uh, be for the love of the game. No, you do it to get money. Everybody does. What? Why, why are we talking about this? I don't. Uh, know. Let's, let's talk with Justin Spoke. Okay. Let's talk with Justin Spoke. Please. Um, I cannot, for the life of me, understand how this is happening. Right. That's all I have to say. Yeah. It is shocking that it <laughs> continues. It's, and it's it's yeah. not that that it's not that that enormous. Corn-fed mule, switch hitter, looks like he was poured into the uniform kind of guy, is able to hit the ball uh, with great power and, uh, and proficiency. It's everything about his approach has completely changed. You go and you look at his numbers on Fangraphs, it's like, oh, look, his contact rate has jumped by 15%. He just, oh, I'm just going to make contact all the time. Swimming, swinging and missing? No, sir. I'm done with all that nonsense. It's crazy. It's crazy this dramatic shift from year to year. Yeah, like is is it real? <laughs> it's I mean to be to be the fucking dick about it. Uh, it's crazy you didn't figure it out sooner. Maybe <laughs> is that yeah, fair to say? Like I I don't know. Yeah, don't try to hit it six hundred feet when you can't make contact half the time. So maybe yeah. I mean it seems fairly intuitive that that you know maybe just maybe good things will happen if you if you ease up and actually put the damn ball in play a little bit uh but that's that's such a shitty way to look at it at, at this like wonderful amazing thing that has happened and it's it's been so fun to watch even that though <laughs> it just doesn't even he he has how how many career plate appearances does Justin Smoke have as a big league because I, you know, parroting or echoing the, the likes of Dave Cameron and whoever, was like, this guy's got, he has 3,000 plate appearances as a big leaguer. He had, I'm going to guess, another 1,000 in the minor leagues. And then all of a sudden, he was like, oh, yeah, just not, I'm just going to become very, very, very good now. His, he struck out 32% of the time last year. This year, he's at 19 Nineteen percent in one year. He just just nope. Done. Done striking out. That to me is fucking unbelievable that he was been able to pull this off, and uh, it's been a delight. He's in the middle of one of the legitimately great offensive Blue Jay seasons ever. He is on pace to break Carlos Delgado's record for home runs by a Blue Jay's first baseman. It's nuts. He he has a one. 58 weighted runs created plus right now. He, right now, almost everything about his season 
looks identical to Ed, uh, Edwin Encarnacion's 2012 season. 2012 or 2014, one of the two. Um, uh, Edmund struck out less somehow, but it's insane. It is truly insane. And if you'd think that guys like you and I would have learned this lesson by with Edwin Encarnacion and Jose Bautista, uh, or even Jay Happ. There have been so many examples of guys who get written off because we know who we know what that guy is. It's easy. It's easy for all of us to, to be like, eh, that's Jose Bautista. Eh, he's nothing. Oh, Edwin Encarnacion, yeah, sure, he's got some power. And then sometimes these guys get to a point in their life where they just, a light bulb goes off, and the next thing you know, you are looking at a four-and-a-half win first baseman that you're paying $4 million to. Best contract in baseball. It's insane. <laughs> well, maybe uh, not, I, but it's crazy. Yeah, it's totally fucking nuts. I don't know if it's luck, if it's uh, if it's hard work, whatever it is. Justin Smoke deserves a ton of credit for harnessing, for selling his soul, for sacrificing farm animals. Whatever it is that he did this off season, it worked. And I, for one, salute him. For doing so. And I just wanted to get that out there. Because we didn't talk about Josh Donaldson when he was good. And now he's bad. So we're fucked. We don't really have any opportunities to talk about him anymore. He's refinding his stroke now that he's got rid of that stupid safety device. Kids, that's your lesson. Don't uh, don't let safety get in the way uh, of hitting dingers. Uh, don't try to make money or be famous. And also try to make sure that your face is perfectly mangled in the in the event of an accident, uh, and perhaps destroy your quality of life for the rest of your um, your days. But uh, but hey, you might hit some dingers in the process. So as long okay. as you as long as you celebrate them respectfully, just put your head down and round those bases, and then go into the dugout. I was thinking about Steve Pierce. Steve Pierce, we haven't talked about, who's been of something of revelation since came off the DL. We yeah. had two walk off grand slams in the same goddamn motherfucking week. Uh, such a baseball player, though, Steve Pierce. He, watching him on the se- on the second one, watching him round third base, I was like, he is the he is as baseball playery as it gets. It's true. Wayne Twenty Ocho, yeah, he's uh, he's something. But you're he, right. He you're is saying, the numbers since he, he came off the DL are like spectacular. Uh, shout out to Steve Pierce, who is a proud member of a Guy Holding a Fish Twitter, which is uh, an exclusive <laughs> bunch. Uh, I think I I don't want to cast aspersions on Steve Pierce. But guy holding a fish Twitter might be the new dog Abby, unfortunately. Um, something to watch out for. Dog Abby, guy holding a fish in the profile picture. There's going to be an American flag stretched across a football field somewhere on that Twitter page. Um, but that's who Steve Pierce is. And uh, I don't give a shit. He's, he's playing well. And uh, interesting that he didn't get traded. I guess, you know, he's, he's been used. He's being deployed judiciously, I think, of late. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? I believe, yeah. Still out there running around the left field. Delightful. Well, they do have a, an immovable object at DH, who I still think can be better, but damn it, it's not looking good. I, I In a way, I feel like um, Morales is more likely to be the um, Frank Thomas of this of this um, exchange here, where, oh, no, never mind. Hold on. Uh, don't let me. I'm not even going to finish that sentence. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was going to, because I was going to be like, you look up at the end of the year and his numbers will all be there. No. Um, they're not there. No. They are not there. They're not. And, and I think, I think that we are, it's safe to say that we're past the idea of the base clogging idea because he is really a bad base runner. Um, and the numbers reflect it. He's been, he's been worth negative five wins on the base paths in his career. Which takes work. Well, it takes exploding your ankle in that home plate celebration, for one. Yeah. You're right. He was a real speed demon before <laughs> that. He was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fair. Which re- uh, reminds me, I watched. Um, I was watching the Angels the other night, and oh my god, watching Albert Pujols, it it breaks my heart. It is so tragic. He he was on second base, and a ball was hit slowly into the center field, and Pujols came around third base, had no intention of continuing to go. But whoever was on their, their third base coach was waving him in. So Pujols just had to kick it into high gear. And watching him chug down the line, it, it was like watching mortality bearing down on me and all of us. Um, watching Albert Pujols, who was handsomely paid for his 
his humiliating behaviors, but uh, whew, it was pretty uh, rough. Four years, $114 million left after this season ends. So starting in next spring, they'll only have four years and $114 million left on that deal. That's crazy. They're going to have... Over the next three years, they're going to pay he and Mike Trout $200 million. And they're going to be bad the whole fucking time. Hey, no, they get free money, Andrew Elton Simmons, the king. Oh, man, watch it when the when the, when the Angels were just here. Oh, God, I could watch Andrew Elton play all day long. He's very good. He is good. He's also It's also a nice rebuke of the um, the Braves being like, you got to hit the ball at all fields. And he's like, now the Angels are like, fuck it. Just pull it just hit it over the fence and he's having like the best year of his career it's amazing uh that's about i think that's about it what else are we going to talk about that someone's going to get traded in august uh, you know as you're on the record with saying trade anybody that's anything that's not nailed down with a reliever maybe you get a depth starter you you had the you had, you had the, the the white the brass bullsinger ring hanging out there like go for the bullsinger trade <laughs> well no no not no. go for the liam Hendricks for jesse chavez trade sure Really? It didn't work out so well, did it? It worked out well because Leo had, Liam Hendricks gave up one of those walk-off grand slams. That's true. So it worked out true. S- went swimmingly. But no, but I, yeah, I, not... I, I get that idea. I get the, you know, if you can get a starter for next year it, in exchange for three or four years of a reliever who's, you know, maybe good, maybe, who knows, he's a fucking reliever. If the starter's good enough, I'd do it. Don't take my Ryan Tapera away. Free him up. Keep, give me Ryan Tapera, give me death. Bo Schultz. His name is Bo Schultz. Damn it. Right. Can never right, remember Bo that. Schultz. We had that. We did this last week, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Okay, that's good. Did I just step on your joke? No, not really. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. That's it. That was the joke. Yeah. Uh, the joke is that this episode's over. Um, I, you know, I think that there, there's still a chance that even like a Darwin Barney, right? Like a Barney is, is the kind of guy who could maybe get traded here in august he's the kind of guy who like could get traded in september yeah in, in, a, in a lot of ways yeah. so you never know what what could transpire maybe uh montero right if Mon- i guess he has he hasn't looked very good though has he no not right. really he, he hit a home run threw threw a couple guys out he's not been awful awful Maybe somebody if they need a backup catcher i mean yeah uh, barney could be the cliff pennington maybe he'll get uh We'll get the centerpiece of the next J.D. Martinez trade. Well, there you go. Yeah, Dal Lugo. Um, that no. stock in Arizona. Uh, Miguel uh, Montero has a weighted runs created plus of six as a mm. member of the Toronto Blue Jays. Wow. Even with the home run. Even with the home run. He has uh, he's only come to play 42 times. He has three hits. Mm. And it's Bautista-esque. He's had six walks, which is uh, not bad. But yeah, no, uh, I don't think he's getting traded now. <laughs> I retake, I, I've reconsidered that stance. But that's it. Okay. We will come back next week. It'll still be August. There'll still be things to talk about. There'll still be trades to happen. There'll still be um, players to evaluate. We'll start look, getting a look at who's going to get called up. Maybe September. Mm-hmm. That's where we are in our lives now. We're like prospect hugging and being like, who's going to be a September call up? <laughs> Prospect hugging you? I mean, apparently to you, Bo Bichette is not even a prospect anymore. He is going to make the most uh, played appearances as a Blue Jays second baseman next season. So that means he's still a prospect now. Okay, barely. He's knocking on the door. He is knocking on the door. See, he gets, he's got a lot of coverage. There's another good um, first-hand look, uh, decent scouting report, uh, baseball prospectus that went up this week of uh, Bo Bichette. So if you are a BP subscriber, I think you should go check that out read about it. It, the, the praise, it's effusive. I think they slap a 55 uh, overall feature thing, OFP on him. OFV, whatever it's called. I'll take that. Take that. Yeah. He can hit. He can hit. Uh, I believe actually Craig Goldstein from Baseball Perspective said he can fucking hit. Just nice. BP, getting working blue. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, that's it. If you like what you hear, head over to uh, iTunes and Patreon, patreon.com slash birds all day. Hit us up. You got anything else for us? What what can we where can we read uh, what's your athletic column that we can read this week? I don't think I've written anything for them this week. 
It doesn't oh, look like it. Since tomorrow's Friday, I guess I'm not writing anything for them this week. Uh, perhaps next week. It was actually Willie Calhoun that uh, Craig Goldstein said could fucking hit. Uh, Willie Calhoun was the centerpiece of the U Darvish trade. As the Angel, or the Rangers. Um, the Rangers are... I wonder... So... One last thing I wonder about. So Jay Happ has not been traded. He's on. Un- I think he's very unlikely to get traded in in August because he's still too um, too valuable and his contract is too reasonable. But I think the package that that the the Rangers got for Darvish is very similar to say the one the Blue Jays gave up for David Price. Seems to be like a pretty standard high end rental pitcher thing. One good prospect one guy who who has some nice tools obviously not like a top 10 prospect in the game and then a couple other things is jay hap going to command that kind of price tag do you think when if if that if we come to that point uh you know a year from now i don't think quite that high do you but why not he's not darvish or price but he he's not so much worse that over a dozen starts or not even 10 9 10 starts yeah, is he that much worse that he should, he should de- de- demand or he would demand that much less of a package? I don't think that he is that much worse. I think no, he's still pretty fair. good. That's fair. Yeah. So so hopefully, well hopefully I say number one first best case scenario we don't have to worry about this this situation as the Blue Jays are competing and leading the way to another third postseason appearance in four years. If not, maybe there's a Willie Calhoun waiting. They need a, they he can play third. They need a third base Willie Calhoun because they have Bo Bichette to play um, second base next year. A bunch. Heard it here first. Based on all kinds of insight that I have from uh, making things up as I go along. <laughs> uh, that's it. <clears throat> you got anything else? Is. No, you're good. No, it's really that. I think that's it this time. Okay, cool. All right. Well, uh, well, thank you everyone for listening to uh, this edition of Birds All Day. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>